just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer podcast starting another week, and it's going to be a crazy one. As we used to tell our kids when they were young, my wife and I, we would say, hold on to your diapies, babies. Now, if you have kids in your 20s or 30s, you probably remember that because uh, it was a quote that came out of the TV show The Rugrats or the movie The Rugrats. And we used to always say that to our kids because we're hilarious. (laughs) <laughs> and every so often, when my wife and I are in the car going someplace and somebody's getting a little overexcited, we'll look at one or the other and say, hold on to your diapies. And that breaks the tension because we remember the olden days when we used that term. But in real terms, this is going to be a crazy week. There's going to be a lot of things happening in Congress, important things happening in Congress. And surprise, this won't involve hearings. This won't involve indictments or trials or anything like that. It's all about policy and it's all about bills that are coming due in Congress that we need to get some action on. Unfortunately, there's some gridlock there and some roadblocks to getting this thing done. I think ultimately both these situations will be taken care of, but not before it gets to be a mess, as always seems to be the case in Congress. Nobody can just cut a deal because it's best for the country. They've got to dick around, play around, play chicken, and then they finally cave in at the last minute. It's all about what can I get out of this, and I'll make it as difficult for you as possible so I can get what I want. The unfortunate thing is both these parties, Democrats and Republican, are so worried about what they want or what they need, they seem to forget their job, which is providing us with what we want and what we need. That's the big problem in this country with our government. They don't really see what their true job is, what their focus should be, and that should be us. Instead, they worry about how it's going to look for them. And this is one of the things that truly pisses me off about this government. And this is one of the reasons why I say I'm not Democrat or Republican, because both parties are guilty of doing this. It depends on who's in power as to who's doing it more. Now, we have a couple of situations in Congress that are really making things kind of tense, not only in Washington, D.C., but throughout this country, because there are some important things, some things that could have a serious impact on this country, meaning a serious impact on you and I, economically especially. So the first thing is, and we've talked about this before, And we'll talk about it until this fucking thing gets done. But we're talking about raising the debt ceiling. Now, the reason we have to raise the debt ceiling is because of the expenditures made during the Trump administration and a little bit in the Biden administration. Along with giving $2 trillion in tax breaks to the rich, we had a lot of money go out for this COVID relief situation. Some in the Trump administration, some in the Biden administration. Now, that money's already been spent, sent to us, and we've spent it. 
Now they have to decide whether they want to raise the limit on the debt ceiling. Well, this is a fucked up time to want to do that when you've already spent the money. (laughs) Can you imagine what would happen if you and your husband or wife went out, bought a couple of new cars and uh, put them in the garage, spent a ton of money on them. And at the end of the year, you said, yeah, I don't think we're going to pay for that. We can't raise the debt ceiling because uh, that's too much. But you've already paid for the car. The car's already got 20,000 miles on it, and it isn't worth what it once was. Well, that's essentially what the Senate is wanting to do right now, particularly Mitch McConnell. You see, the debt ceiling has come up probably a hundred times since its inception. Literally, a hundred times. And a hundred times, the debt ceiling has been raised. And now we come to this situation... And the Democrats want to do what's always been done. It's always been kind of an everyday quick deal. Nobody wants to wreck the country, so we'll just raise the debt ceiling and uh, move on. Now, I know people are always talking about, well, we just keep putting us farther in debt. And usually it's the Republicans. Okay, I agree with you. We're going in debt. But the fact of the matter is, during the Trump administration, they increased the debt by $7 trillion. So the Republicans really have no room to talk. And while they were spending $7 trillion, they raised the debt ceiling a number of times. They even suspended the debt ceiling altogether. So it's not like they're above this or that they have some secret reason not to do this. Right now, it's a matter of politics. It's a matter of owning the Democrats or trying to make them look bad. So uh, Chuck Schumer brought the uh, bill to raise the debt ceiling to the Senate. Now, what you need to understand is that Chuck Schumer knew it wasn't going to pass. He knew it because the Republicans, Mitch McConnell particularly, told uh, Chuck Schumer that, look, no Republican is going to vote for raising the debt ceiling. Even though they did it three or four times under Donald Trump, they're not doing it this time. And then they did, they, they did the last thing that they could do to make it impossible to pass this. They implemented the filibuster. Now, when you implement the filibuster, that means you now need 60 votes to pass any bill. Well, if the Republicans have 50 senators and they say none of them are going to sign off on this and the Democrats only have 50 uh, senators, well, then it can't pass. It's not going to go. But the problem here is if it doesn't pass, the government shuts down. And we've talked about this before. Six million people will uh, lose jobs. $15 trillion in wealth, meaning your money, will go away. It'll disappear. The um, stock market will tank and we'll probably have a recession. Now, amongst us real people, I can't imagine we aren't going to be pissed off about this. This is going to make us angry. Now, Mitch McConnell's smart enough to know if that if he blocks this, we all know he blocked it. It's on the TV news. It's on the Internet. 
If he does this, this is going to do immeasurable damage to the Republican Party and make it tougher to win any elections in 2022. But these people in the Republican Party have already branded themselves as obstructionist. But now, if they continue to obstruct, then we can call them destructionists, because the fact of the matter is, this will destruct the U.S. economy. Now, my guess is that they're playing this game. They're trying to own the Democrats, trying to make them look bad. It's not working, because they're the ones that will look bad. But ultimately, they will have to agree to raise the debt ceiling. They don't want to be the ones branded as the destructors of this economy. They don't want to be responsible for people losing jobs, huge amounts of money, tanking the the stock market and putting us in a recession. recession. I can't imagine that they'd want that hanging around their neck. But at this point, they're pushing the issue. So here's the deal. They have the vote today. They block it. They show their power. They show their strength. And uh, it fails. Now, here's the scary part. The deadline for this is Thursday at midnight. So if something isn't done, a bill isn't passed by Thursday at midnight, the country shuts down. And when I say shut down, that means federal employees furloughed, Services like postal services and things like that shut down. A lot of things get shut down. Then the stock market goes to shit because now the U.S. government isn't paying their bills and the credit rating and the uh, perspective or prospectus of this country goes down. That will be reflected in the stock market, which means tons of people will lose money. Not just the poor and middle class, but the rich people, too. You really think Mitch McConnell's going to piss off the rich people? Those are the only people he works for in the first fucking place. So we're in a very tight situation here. We're within days of this country being shut down. We've been in this situation before. I think we've even been shut down for one day or two days. And it's always been fixed by people um, on the Republican side, or if it happened to be the Democrats doing the same thing, and they have, um, voting to raise the debt ceiling. They'll do it at the last minute, or a day in, or two days in. And here's the problem. Even if this country gets shut down for one day, or two days, it's still going to cost you and I, a lot of businesses, a lot of rich people, a lot of money. A lot of money. Because you have to understand, the stock market reacts on speculation. They look at something happening, and they guess what's going to occur financially, and then the stock market reacts as such. Now, if it gets shut down for one day, they're going to see this as a catastrophe, which it would be. So the stock market's going to react, and all your 401ks and other investments are going to take a hard hit. Remember 2008, how big a hit you all took then? It'll be something akin to that. And the problem here is is that apparently Mitch McConnell and the Republicans are willing to 
leave you twisting in the wind just to gain whatever negotiation advantage or just to own the Democrats. They're willing to put you on the edge of a cliff just waiting to be pushed off for their own benefit. Now, you see, this happens a lot in this country, in our Congress specifically. These people work for their own needs, wants, and desires. But what these folks fail to remember is their job description says they're supposed to work for our needs, wants, and desires. They're here to take care of us and this country and make sure it runs properly. But they're willing to push it to the edge just to get what they want. Now, this is a problem with the Republicans currently, but this has been a problem with the Democrats in the past, too. It's truly amazing that these people are so blatant, so in your face about telling us to fuck off, essentially, just to get what they want. It's amazing. And part of the reason they've done that and continue to have done that is because of apathy. People say, well, that's just the way it goes. It'll be fine. Well, people have awakened in the last four years. People have opened their eyes and started to push back. Case in point, 81 million people vote for Joe Biden for president. The largest number of votes any president has ever gotten. And why did they do that? Because they're getting tired of the shit. Let's be perfectly honest. The whole reason Donald Trump got elected is because people are tired of the shit in Washington. The gridlock, the bullshit, the not serving the people that are paying them their salaries. That's why Donald Trump got voted in. They didn't know what Donald Trump would bring to the table, but they knew it was different than what they've been getting in the status quo from their Congress and from their president. So they wanted something different. Unfortunately, what they got is something way worse and way more destructive in this country. And now we got to dig out of it. So you would think the Democrats and the Republicans would team up to figure out a way to make things better for this country and in turn make things better for us. But no, they haven't learned a fucking lesson. So... It's going to be interesting to see when, in fact, they do raise this debt ceiling. They've got to do it. They will do it. They've always done it. But this is a big game of chicken. Whoever flinches first loses. Whoever chickens out first loses. Now, I'm familiar with this strategy. I've used this strategy when I was in business. I was brokering deals between one group of people to another group of people in large quantities of products. Now, when I first started out, I just did what all salespeople do. I tried to sell them on the deals, sell them on how good it was and how much money they would make. But you know what's funny? You tried to be honest and sincere. But by pushing them to buy, they became more concerned about your my personal integrity. I said, why is he trying to sell me so hard? 
Why is he trying to do this so hard? There must be something wrong with this because he's trying too hard to sell me. There's some desperation in this guy's voice. And that was true. I mean, I want to sell something. I want to make a buck. But I quickly found out that as I've done that over and over again, it was working against me. So I decided to take a different attitude. And it's an attitude that's worked with for me in many situations, in many areas. And that strategy was, I don't give a fuck. I went at people and I said, look, here's the deal. It's a great deal. It's this, this, and this. Do you want it? Well, I don't know. The price sounds high. Okay, thanks for calling. Bye. You know what's funny? When I did that, these people thought just the opposite of what you'd think. When it came to the point where I didn't care whether they bought or not, now they question, what am I missing? Maybe I should have bought it. He doesn't care if I buy, so he must be telling the truth. (laughs) That's how ridiculous it is. And ultimately, they would call me back and say, no, I'm really interested in it. I really want to work with you. So the perception was, by me doing that, was that I'm this old guy that has a lot of money who just doesn't give a fuck. Now I want to work with this guy because obviously he has special stuff, and I'm lucky to work with him. It's weird, but that's exactly how it worked out. Now, if they're trying to pull off that ploy in this negotiation for raising the debt limit, It ain't going to work. See, you have to be able to read your customer or read whoever you're negotiating with. Now, for me, with the people who wanted to buy from me, I know they called me first. They wanted to buy it. Now, in their mind, they already calculated how much money they're going to make by reselling whatever I was selling to them. So when I told them, no, you can't have it, I'm not interested in giving you whatever break you think you're going to get. I'm not giving it to you. They not only lost the deal, but they lost this profit that they already calculated in their head. Now they had to come back to me and beg me to sell it to them. I love that more than anything. Having people beg me to sell something to them. (laughs) And it was all perception. It was all about attitude. But as I say, in this situation, you can't do that. If you're going to read the person you're negotiating with, if I'm negotiating with Mitch McConnell and I'm in a game of chicken, I'm going to look at him and say, now there's no way he can't sign this bill. He's going to look stupid. He's going to destroy the country. He might think it's going to get blamed on Biden, but it's not because he's the one that did it. If I know that, if I know in my mind that he knows that he's fucked if he doesn't sign that, I'll leave him hanging out there as long as he wants. He will not win a game of chicken with me because I know better. I know he can't afford to do it. But see, now the Democrats are too easygoing and they're too nice about things. So they'll negotiate and they'll give them what they want. They've done this a million times. They've negotiated on bills and the Republicans have said, look, I want this, this and this. And, of course, the Democrats give it to them. But when the vote comes up, not one Republican votes for it. They weren't negotiating in good faith. You can't trust them. Now, for me, if I get somebody I can't trust, I don't deal with them at all. But they don't have the luxury in this situation. They've got to deal with the Republicans. So if I'm Chuck Schumer, 
I know this guy's just bluffing. I know he can't afford to shut this country down. But at the same time, (laughs) Mitch McConnell is a good negotiator. He's got a little evil in him. And he's one of these guys that won't be pushed. He thinks he's tougher than the other guy. And in this case, Mitch McConnell probably is tougher than Chuck Schumer. So this is a weird situation. And I hope that Chuck Schumer doesn't take the bait on this. See, if I'm Mitch McConnell, I'm going to say, okay, we'll sign this goddamn thing, but I want this and I want this and I want that. Now, true to democratic form, they will give stuff away, even though they shouldn't or can't, because they don't have the nerve to play the game of chicken to the very end. Who has the most to lose here? Mitch McConnell has the most to lose, politically speaking. We're the big losers if they fucking do this. But Mitch McConnell is going to fuck up 2022. He's going to fuck up his own reputation, and it's going to be trouble for him. Schumer should be tough with this guy. But, you know, it's unfortunate that Nancy Pelosi um, isn't in the Senate because she's as tough and as smart as Mitch McConnell, and that would be a hell of a fight. (laughs) So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But mark my words, at some point by the weekend, the debt ceiling will be raised and the Republicans will cave because they have no fucking choice. They can only lose themselves by causing the rest of the country to lose. This will be signed, this will be raised, and we will move on. And talk about moving on. There, of course, is another couple of bills we got to talk about. And we'll do that right after this. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll. Less work, more clean. Terms apply. Okay. In addition to the bill to raise the debt ceiling, there's two more bills that are going to have to be contended with this week. They are the infrastructure bills. And it's going to probably have to be done this week one way or another. And it's a complex situation. We've talked about it here before, but it bears repeating because shit's going to go down this week. First of all, we have the bipartisan infrastructure bill. It's $1.2 trillion. This bill has already passed the Senate. So now all it has to do is pass the House. And you would presume that would be a probably an easy pass. If the Republicans agreed to it in the Senate and the Democrats want it, it should be an easy pass in the House, but it's not. And here's why. Because there are a number of progressive Democrats in the House that will not or claim they will not vote for the bipartisan bill until there's some guarantee on the trillion reconciliation bill. I've talked about this many times, but again, it bears repeating. So here's the problem. 
the bipartisan bill has passed the Senate. Now it goes to the House, and if it passes the House, then it's law. But if the progressives don't get the guarantee on the second $3.5 trillion bill, they claim they're not going to vote for the bipartisan bill. So the bill will not become law. So the Biden administration will have gotten nothing out of this. Nothing. Not a fucking thing. Now that's bad news for Joe Biden because that will impact the 2022 election for the Democrats. And if the uh, Republicans get the Senate and the House back in a majority, then nothing will get done for the remaining two years. They'll just try to block Joe Biden like they did with Obama, and nothing will be accomplished. Because, you see, the Republicans don't have any interest in doing anything for the country or for the people. Now, people will say to me, you're just saying that because you don't like Republicans. No, look at the last 12 years. They don't want to do anything. All they want to do is block whatever the Democrats want to do which is counterproductive. Now, this this body is supposed to be a deliberative body, a body that negotiates and compromises and gets the best things done for the country. But instead, the Republicans want to do nothing. All they want to do is whatever they want to do. And if the Democrats are involved, they don't want any part of it, which is totally contrary to what Congress is supposed to be. But that's where the Republicans are. So now the Republicans and many of the Democrats want this bipartisan bill passed into the House because once it is, it is law. It's done. The money will start going. And it will be a plus for the Biden administration because something big got accomplished. But the whole intent of this infrastructure bill was to set it up and get some guarantees for the second larger reconciliation infrastructure bill. Now, what that means by reconciliation is that you can take it to the Senate and all you'd need is a simple majority, 51 votes, not the 60 filibuster votes. So presumably that should be easy to win in the House because they've got a slight majority and take it to the Senate and uh, get the 51 votes with the vice president and pass it. But here's the problem. Two problems, Kristen Sinema and Joe Manchin. Democrats in the Senate who don't like the bill or think the bill's too big. So the progressive Democrats are saying, look, we're not going to vote for the bipartisan bill until we get some guarantees about the larger $3.5 trillion bill. And they haven't gotten very far on that. I mean, presumably, what they want is for that $3.5 trillion bill to pass in the Senate before they vote on the bipartisan bill. And why are they doing this? Because they don't fucking trust Republicans. They don't trust Manchin and Cinema. nor should they trust these fucking people. It goes back to the chicken game I was talking about before. It's a tough situation for the Democrats because now the Democrats may not vote for the bipartisan bill. They can't blame it all on the Republicans because the Democrats shut it down. The Democrats, the progressives, won't vote for it unless the $3.5 trillion is guaranteed. 
And the best way to do that is pass it in the Senate so we can pass it in the House after the fact. But that's where the struggle is. The progressives don't want to vote for the bipartisan bill, which would really cause problems for the Democrats because then it would appear that Biden didn't get anything done because the bill didn't pass. But they're playing it tough. They're playing chicken, too. Like I said, it's Democrats and Republicans both. But should the progressive Democrats cave in and say, "Okay, we'll vote for the bipartisan bill and later we'll talk about the larger bill? No, they shouldn't because they shouldn't trust these people. They've shown us in the past that they're unscrupulous and that they will fucking forget about it and do nothing about it because that's who they are. And mansion and cinema aren't any better. So we're in kind of a stalemate here. We got the Democrats who can pass the bipartisan bill tomorrow if they want to. And it looks like they're going to vote on it on Thursday. Which is kind of interesting because it doesn't sound like they have any deal where this larger bill is going to go through the Senate. There's not enough time for it. So now what they're talking about is some kind of agreement between, I don't know, the Democrats and the Republicans to commit to pass this after the fact. I still don't know if I trust them with that, but that may be the only route to go. The Democrats really need the bipartisan bill passed to show that Biden did something. The Republicans need it to pass because they need to show something that they did positively for this country come 2022 because they got nothing right now. They didn't vote for the COVID relief bill. So it's a very tight situation. Everybody wants something, but nobody's willing to give anything. Now, what this may entail is having that $3.5 trillion bill be pared down a little bit. Now, I don't know what they're going to cut out of it, but uh, it's not going to be much better. Here's the funny thing, though. Originally, the Democrats wanted $6 trillion in that reconciliation bill. That's what they wanted. They negotiated with the Democrats, they negotiated with the Republicans, and they negotiated it down to $3.5 trillion. Everybody, everybody agreed on that. But now when we're cutting, coming down to nut-cutting time, some of these Democrats and some of these Republicans are saying, yeah, you know, that sounds a little high. So why take the vote in the first place to see if everybody's on board? Because clearly they were fucking lying. So now we're in this position. Here's the upside to this. Nancy Pelosi is in charge of this thing. Now, Nancy Pelosi has never had anything come to the floor that failed. And why? Well, because Nancy Pelosi doesn't bring anything to the table unless she knows it's going to pass. For whatever reason, she seems pretty confident. A lot of people feel confident that something will happen. We're going to get the bipartisan bill passed before there's any legislative commitment on the bigger bill. But apparently now we're hearing about some kind of agreement that can be made to guarantee it to pass. And I don't understand how that works. That doesn't make any sense. You don't trust anybody. That's one thing I learned in my business. You don't fucking trust people. Would Ronald Reagan say, trust but verify. You've always got to verify. So hopefully if they have some agreement with the progressive Democrats, then they will vote for the bipartisan bill 
and we will get the bigger bill to follow it up. But this is quite a mess. And here's what I'm going to tell you about those two bills. And maybe one of the reasons why Republicans don't want them to pass. We get the small infrastructure bill and the large infrastructure bill passed. It is going to do huge things for this country. No other president since FDR has passed something this big for the middle class. Nobody since FDR. I think it was the New Deal. So if Joe Biden gets this passed, passed, he's going to be riding high. He's going to look very good. Now, his polling numbers are down, but when these pass, it's going to have a huge impact on the stock market. It's going to open up jobs and money and health care and child care and all this shit, the stuff that the middle class needs. It's going to be a huge boon because for decades, the middle class has been used to getting nothing, actually less than nothing, having to carry the water for the rich people to get their breaks. Their tax breaks. But this would be the one time that it comes back to us and it changes everything. Like I say, health care, child care, schooling, all this stuff. It has a huge impact. It's going to change a lot of people's lives. It's going to make everybody's lives better, including Republicans. Now, it would make sense that the Republicans vote for this because they want to take credit for it, but they won't. So it's got to be on the Democrats' backs. And in order to do that, we've got to take Christian Christian Cinema and Joe Manchin and get them to vote for it, even though they're reluctant to. I don't know what kind of leverage Joe Biden can use or Nancy Pelosi or, or uh, Chuck Schumer can use to work this deal out. But for some reason, a lot of these people think it can be done. And I'm hoping it's true. I swear I hope it's true, because it will do big things for this country. It'll also make the Democrats look really good come 2022, and that's where Mitch McConnell's quandary is. And that's why I don't understand why he's willing to back off from it. And if it does pass reconciliation then he's going to come out of this looking like an idiot because all this positivity isn't going to reflect on him or his party. (laughs) It's an absolute mess in Congress right now. For whatever reason, people do seem to be confident, and I'm hoping against hope that something gets done because it's about time some things got done in this country for the people who carry this country on their backs, the middle class, uh, the low-income people. The people who are paying most of the taxes. We know the rich aren't paying any taxes, so where's the money coming from? It's coming from me and you. You know it, I know it, they fucking know it, and they've gotten away too long without paying us back. If you've got an investment portfolio, you want to feed the most productive section of that portfolio. And that's us. If you bleed us dry, then your portfolio sucks. And they should know that. But too often, greed overrides everything. Now, in this $3.5 trillion infrastructure bill, one of the things they address is clean energy. In fact, what they want to do is put tons and tons of electric vehicle charging stations all around the country. 
Now, I know the Republicans are saying, oh, this country isn't ready for <laughs> for electric cars yet. Although I see a lot of Teslas on the road and Volts and these other types. But I disagree with them. I think there's a big change going on in this country, a huge change, a huge mindset toward cleaner energy, toward electric cars. And I'm not just saying that because... I like the words coming out of my mouth. I say that because of a news story that came out today. Ford Motor Company, one of the icons of industry in this country. Ford Motor Company has announced they are going to build four factories to produce electric vehicles and electric batteries. Now imagine this. Ford Motor Company is going to do that. They're going to take the lead on electric cars, and it's all going to be done in America. How can that not be good? They are going to hire 11,000 new employees. They are going to expand the company by $11 billion. Now, the Ford Motor Company in their long history has never done anything like that. And the reason they're doing it is because they realize The market is expanding and growing, and it's a place to make money. That's how business works. You're familiar with their Ford F-150 pickup truck. This is probably one of the most popular pickup trucks in this country. (laughs) In fact, a lot of Trumplefucks probably drive F-150s. Well, this time around, this year, the Ford Motor Company decided that they were going to make an electric version of the Ford F-150. And I've seen some video on it. It's a pretty fucking impressive vehicle. And it's not cheap. I don't know, it's like fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000, maybe more than that. But when Ford Motor Company announced this, kind of test the water, see what's happening. Take their most popular car, turn it electric, and try to sell it. What's going to happen? Well, you know what happened? They got orders for 150,000 vehicles. They were amazed. That perked their ears up. They said, shit, we've got an untapped market here that we can make a lot of money. So they are going headlong, full boat, into the business of electric cars. And if Ford Motor Company is going to do it, you can bet a lot of the other big vehicle companies are going to follow. You see what I mean? There's clearly a, stra- a, a, a change in this country based on the reaction to the Ford F-150 electric vehicle. Huge change in the mindset in this country. People want to get away from oil and have electric cars. And when people want to make that change, then manufacturers want to make that change, as Ford is looking at doing here. Hell, GM is talking about by 2030, 40% of their vehicles will be electric. So this is starting to explode. And the idea to expand some of those things is in that $3.5 trillion infrastructure bill. In spite of the fact the Republicans, Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema, don't want this thing, clearly America does. Clearly the future of the economy is going to be based in electric cars, much like it has been with uh, uh, the combustion cars that we've had for 100 plus years. So where's the problem here? Why wouldn't 
our government officials jump on board and say, yeah, that looks good. People want electric cars, so let's give the people what they want. Let's give them the money to expand this so we can get more electric cars on the road now, saving our ecology and giving the people what they want and what they feel they need. Well, the problem here is when the big oil companies start to hear about news like this, they start to shit their pants because they know this is going to take a big bite in their sales. They're going to lose a lot of money if all these cars are electric. And you're probably saying, so what? These oil companies have had a free ride for years. They've made a lot of money. They haven't done anything to change what they're doing. So fuck them. That would be the logical thing to expect. But you got to remember, these oil companies are very wealthy. They're billion-dollar companies. And what do they do with their money? Well, of course, they do some advertising. But they also put a lot of money in the pockets of our people in Congress to make sure they do their bidding when it comes to voting and bringing bills up front. So now these politicians are caught between a rock and a hard place. They usually go where the money is. You keep giving me money. I'll make sure you get what you want. And that's their nature to do that because they're more concerned about enriching themselves as opposed to taking care of the people they're supposed to be serving. That's what they've always done. Presumably, that's what they'll always do. But this, this is a different situation. You see, this whole topic with the infrastructure bill is very high profile. There's a lot of information out about it. As much as the Republicans don't want it, the majority of America does. Now, you might be able to push it to the edge and block something like this, but in the end, you're going to have to pay the fines. And that will become real in the voting booth. If you keep doing things against what the people want, eventually they're going to get tired of it, especially when it could have saved their lives financially by passing that bill instead of giving $2 trillion to the fucking rich, and you decide no. How long does it take before people get pissed off and say, fuck these people, I'm not voting for them? Now, the Republicans know that. They're losing ground anyway. So they're in a tight spot. The overall problem I see with this is, is that Joe Biden is under pressure right now, the Biden administration and the Democrats. Democrats have their chance now. They have a small majority in the Senate, small majority in the House, and their guy in the presidency. They need to get some things done. They need to get these infrastructure bills passed to show they can govern. If they can't do that, if they fail, that is going to impact them in the voting booth. People are going to see the Democrats as, well, they can't do anything. Even though the Republicans are doing everything they can to block it, the Democrats will take heat for that, and maybe rightfully so. But at the same time, if you tell me that Democrats can't govern, you have to look at the Republicans over the last 12, 16 years, and they clearly refuse to govern. So now we have two parties, the two parties in this country, one that 
supposedly can't govern and one that refuses to govern. So where do you go? Can't go to the Republicans because they're no better than the Democrats in that scenario and vice versa. You can't. So it's not a problem with the party. It's a problem with our fucking system. Something's wrong. We have a Congress that is supposed to do the job for the country, and all we see is blockages. We need to take a harder look at way our system runs. And the only thing we can do at this point is in the voting booth. At this point, while the Democrats aren't always any better than the Republicans, the Democrats are the ones in our corner and trying to get something done. We need to vote for the Democrats and vote the Republicans out because they're obstructionists. They're destructionists. Kick their ass out. Get the Democrats in. Now, when the Democrats get in, there'll be problems, too. But then we'll deal with those problems. We will have shown them that we have power and that if we don't like what you're doing, you're going to get your ass kicked out. The Republicans get kicked out. They're going to realize, hey, we got to change things up, maybe get back to the way we were. See, the control is in our court, and we control it by the vote. And yes, I know about the suppression laws and all these things, but here's what I'm going to tell you. If we do what we did with Joe Biden, come out in mass, have everybody come out and vote, they can't stop big numbers. They can try to do all these things, but if huge numbers come out because they're concerned about the, what the Republicans might do to this country and vote Democrat, then we can make some change. They can cry and whine all they want, but if everybody votes one way, we've basically shut them down. And once we do that and get some things in our court, when the Democrats start acting like dipshits, well, we'll just do it the opposite way. We'll shut those fuckers down, and hopefully the Republicans or some other party that might come along will have better ideas now, because they have to. They're not going to get into office if they're not working for us. So the bottom line is this week is going to be a busy one. It's going to be hectic. It could be even a lot of dirty fighting. Joe Biden and the Democrats are under a lot of pressure, but so are the Republicans. So let's watch and see what happens, and let's hope for the best for us, because it's about fucking time that we get something done for us. All right, I got to wrap things up here, but we'll be back again sometime soon, so stick with us here on the Rational Boomer Podcast. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.